0: Welcome everybody and I want to welcome you all to our podcast today. I want to welcome you to Moa's Art, where God dwells, Jesus reigns, and the Holy Spirit guides, and we live in the agape. So I wanted to do part two of uh, this series and see how much I can get through on who are you to judge, amen? Who are you to judge? Uh, We want to take a look at how we judge, when we judge, who we judge. And ultimately, at the end of this uh, podcast, I pray that you all will know who you are in Christ and who he intended us to be as it relates to judging. Amen. I hope that the podcast from yesterday was a blessing to you all. Uh, So we're going to pick right up where we left off. Uh, Amen. So I pray that you get your pens and your paper out so we can do this study together. All right. Love you so much. All right. So let's take a look at the word of God and and let's talk about uh, who and for what reason uh, we are to judge, and I'm going to switch it up just a little bit, and I'm going to go into the, uh, the NIV or the King James Version uh, of the Word of God. But first, I want to talk about how we are uh, to judge ourselves. So, I believe that we have to be self-aware. Of who we are. We must be able to judge ourselves and to be um, objective and constructive in the way that we judge ourselves. Uh, we have a responsibility in the earth to represent Christ. And if we are not self governing in a healthy and a Christian or Christ like way, then we're not going to be able to best represent him uh, to others. So we must be able to um, judge ourselves. So that's that's who we need to judge. We need to judge ourselves. Amen? So let's go into the Word of God. Let's see. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's see. And like I said, I'm going to steer away from my message Bible for this. And let's see what the King James Version has to say. So 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 28 through 32. So the word of God reads, But let a man examine himself, himself, so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup, For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, and we should not be condemned with the world. Amen? So, the Word of God is instructing us to examine ourselves, to judge ourselves, and while uh, it's speaking directly, this is the scripture that we use oftentimes uh, in reference to communion, but it goes even deeper than that, because the Word of God says, if we would judge ourselves, We should not be judged. So let's begin to judge ourselves. Let's be self-aware of our behavior and the things that are ungodly, the things that God is not pleased with. We walk in disobedience to the will of God, and that is a sin. When we are rebellious towards the will of God and, and the letter of the law is written in our hearts, We know through His Holy Spirit the difference between right and wrong. And therefore, we need to govern ourselves accordingly. So who do we judge? We judge ourselves. Amen? So we judge ourselves. The Word of God also instructs us to judge over our household. Judge over our household. And um, in the Word of God, we know that Uh, The scriptures are are subject to the time in which it was written. So, during this time, the household was primarily ruled by and run by men. So, the scripture is uh, geared towards the man, but... In today's society, we know that there is a reality that many women run the household. So I just wanted to provide that disclaimer. Excuse me. Uh, that while the word of God is speaking directly towards the male, it applies to the woman. So the word of God says, and we're gonna to go to First Timothy verse chapter three, verse four. It says, One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. So what the word of God is instructing us here is that we must have rule over our own household. It is far more difficult for us to be uh, progressive or productive uh, citizens uh, within our communities if we don't have rule over our own household. You have a legal authority to take rulership and leadership and ownership over your household. And we're going to talk about where you don't have leadership and you don't have rulership uh, where we open ourselves up Uh, to the spirit of Baal and Jezebel uh, when we try to control things or usurp the authority of the things that we don't have rule over. But when it comes to your own household, you have not only the right and the authority, but you have the accountability and the responsibility to take rule over your household. And when I talk about rule, I'm not talking about controlling... um, misusing or abusing your family I'm talking about having godly leadership rule instruction over your family all right so we also know that leaders have uh, rulership over the church so we talked about that um, a little bit um, in the last segment I believe I, I touched on that a little Uh, So, let's go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. Let's see what the Word of God says here. And I want to be clear. um, I believe that the body of Christ, where we are today, we've gotten away from uh, God's intent for His leaders Throughout the body, right? We have our local churches, we have our global churches, uh, and we have those um, religious sets. Uh, but, but I believe that God has established rulership and leadership over the body, agnostic of the 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 specific setting of the church, the set, the denomination, the area. Is if you are. God's cho- chosen leader, you are to lead the body, irrespective of the physical uh, church or the physical dwelling uh, that they're in. So, so let's go to Hebrews <laughs> chapter 13, verse 7. It says, Remember them which have ruled over you. God has spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow considering the end of their conversation. Here, the word of God is admonishing us that he has established rulership. And so there are those who are intended to rule us and to rule the body of Christ. Amen? All right. What does he say here in chapter 18 of Matthew? Let's take a look at that real quick. And like I said, the reason that I read the word of God is because I I know me personally um, as I listen to messages and I, I get the word oftentimes, I get the word, but Sometimes when ministers go through and they'll say, okay, well, this scripture, I may never go read that scripture. And because I am a teacher, I I teach more than preach or exalt. I am a teacher. Um, So it's important that we hear the word of God because there is power. There is power in his word. Uh, I'm not one that subscribes to the ideal that we have to memorize uh, memory verses uh, in, in, in its written form, but memorize the context of the Word of God uh, that brings you power, that brings you power. I may not be able to uh, quote a verse verbatim, uh, but I know that. Uh, the the source and the, the, the focus and the crust of, of the word, amen, if that made sense. All right, so Matthew 18 and 17, it says, And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a he, as heathen man, And a publican. And again, this is in the King James Version. And I know that I shared this with you all before. But it's it's showing that the church has rulership. It was intended that the church uh, lead the way. uh, Lead the way that that we are the leaders. And therefore, uh, the body. I'm sorry, the leaders of the body of Christ. Ultimately, ultimately Have a responsibility uh, to um, judge collectively uh, the body of Christ. Amen. All right. So let me go back to. I think I I did a recording and I I re-recorded so I think I missed going over this So I think I wanted to review uh, Matthew 25 and uh, 31. So let's see what the word of God says here uh, regarding Jesus' authorization to rule and to uh, judge accordingly. All right. So let's see. So the word of God says, when the son of man shall come in his glory and the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep, from the goats and he shall set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on his left so we know that Jesus will judge he's going to judge and if we get this concept if we get this understanding of who we are in Christ and our role our functional responsibility and judging then we will uh, be The one who sits on his right hand will be the one sitting on his right hand. Amen. All right. So let me go back to uh, what what are we responsible for judging? Okay. what are we responsible for judging? Conduct. We're responsible as Christians for judging the conduct of others. We have to place ourselves in a position to look at conduct. Um, I was faced with the situation. And like I said, I don't don't put myself uh, on a pedestal. I don't put myself above people. I am a servant. And I know that God has called me to a work in the earth plain and simple so i'm not perfect um i am not above the bar on many areas but i do know where my help comes from Uh, but i was faced with a situation where uh, something was brought to my attention and it was something that was unsettling and it was a behavior that i knew was inappropriate and immature And while I had authority and rulership over an individual, I didn't want to invoke or enforce my will over that person or over that situation. But very quickly, the Holy Spirit convicted me. Because I had to address that conduct. I had to address the behavior, not in a condemning way, but in a way that would convict that individual into change. So sometimes we, as Christians, we get uncomfortable with our role and our responsibility for judging the conduct of others. Because again, going back to that first broadcast, we... Use that one scripture that we misinterpreted to believe that we don't have a right to judge, but we actually have a responsibility. I I just don't want to have the burden of the blood of someone that is in my range of of, of my, or within proximity of my reach that I would allow my unwillingness to judge and love to be the cause of their downfall, you know, and it may not be something that may cause them to go to hell per se, but it may be something that because I didn't speak to it, it, it may have, you know, had an adverse effect in that person's life. So as Christians, we have a responsibility as the body of Christ, as, as uh, uh, the extension of Christ in the earth, to judge conduct for disputes between believers. Now, there is a scripture that says to whom much is given, much is required. So when we place ourselves in a position to um, judge in a situation of dispute, because when you think about it, when we're instructed, if we have an art with our brother to go to them directly, but if they don't respond, we're to go to the church. Who do you think the church is? The church is your, uh, peer in the, in the, uh, pews, right? Um, I can't remember this, this pastor's name. Um, I wish my, my sister was here with me, but she, um, Oh man, we were going to their church for a minute. But anyway, he preached a message about just the structure of, you know, how we're supposed to deal with conflict as as Christians. And he talked about the burden that leadership has that is undue because we misinterpret the instruction that God had given us. Is that we're supposed to bring those things to each other, right, to get it resolved before we even take it to leadership. But if we do things in its rightful order, nobody would be overwhelmed in the sense of, you know, they're bearing most of the brunt or burden of resolving these issues, right? So as Christians, we have to seek God for wisdom and maturity and being able to judge in those disputes. Um, (laughs) I'm just thinking about some advice that I gave. um, It was solicited, but really unsolicited uh, with my current client about some areas of change that they need in their project management office. And so I was asked about what are some things that we need to focus on? And so, of course, I gave a lot of feedback, but part of it was around... um, Uh, instructing the team to stop condemning or stop judging and start helping. So stop condemning or, 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 um, you know, being negative, negatively venting about a situation and start helping, start from a place of helping to resolve. Everyone has their own talents. Everyone has their own skills. Everyone has something to contribute to the resolution of an issue. So if we position ourselves in the body of Christ to always, always, always be an enhancement to a conflict, to be an enabler of change, to be someone who is a, a change agent, someone who is a solution Um Builder, someone who, who who comes to 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 resolve, you know, issues. If we position ourselves there, then the body of Christ will be in a in a much better state. So, uh, within the church, as Christians, we have to be able to judge disputes between believers, and we have to do it objectively and constructively. All right. Also. Uh, we have to be able to judge for a uh, doctrinal error. You know, sometimes we, we just, we get it wrong, you know, and we don't want to, um, we don't want to, we, we don't want to debate the word of God. We don't want to debate the Bible, but if you have knowledge that someone else doesn't have, you know, as a believer, we have to help to encourage them uh, into a place of, of of knowing. Okay, all right. This other point that I wanted to bring out was around, um, you know, we going back to putting the burden of judgment on those who have called to an office, right? But we know that apostles and prophets and ministers and evangelists, teachers, in, in some way or some area, they have to judge. Whenever we have... Um, our Holy Convocation, I love when Bishop brings uh, Bishop Blue and uh, Pastor Wine Wy- Winans uh, from Detroit. Bishop Blue, I believe he's from either North or South Carolina. But whenever they come into the house, they're always instructional, directional, and they bring co- the conviction of the Holy Spirit. So it's almost like, okay, this is an area of improvement that is needed to change in the body of Christ. And I, and I love it. But while it's true that they bring that substance to uh, the, the Holy Convocation... We need that all year round. So as Christians, we have to be able to be mature and um, confident enough to be able to judge even within or within or outside of our gifts per se. And I don't know how to articulate what's in my mind right now, but what I'm thinking about is, so I have a I have a very strong spiritual gift that God has given me in the prophetic. And I really believe that this was something that was passed down through generations. It's, it's something that is so predominant in my bloodline uh, from my mom's, my maternal, and, and maybe even possibly from her paternal uh, bloodline. But that prophetic gift, when God uses me in that area, I just flow. So it's, it's it's nothing. I mean, I just flow. So to be able to use that give, leverage that give, and even in areas of where God is using me to maybe judge or convict in a situation, I can do that. But what I'm talking about is the things that are less recognized uh, in the body of Christ, maybe more along the lines of our Uh, vocation or our profession or our talents. Sometimes God has allowed us to acquire certain knowledge, maybe secular or, you know, more in the worldly sense so that we can apply those things in the house of God, in the body of Christ. Uh, I am... I have a strong administrative gift. I have a strong organizational and structural, you know, background. It's just the way that my my mind is wired. But to use that gift, to use that talent uh, in the body of Christ, there may be times that I may have to, you know, reflect and 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 um, you know, if I see that things are going a certain way, I may have to judge or contribute in that way, right? And I hope it made sense outside of my head because when I was thinking that thought, it really made sense. But as the body of Christ, we have to uh, be able to 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 judge. You know, and there's nothing wrong with giving constructive feedback and You know, maybe some criticism at times, but what I just want to empower everyone that's listening to uh, this broadcast is that when you place yourself in a position of judgment, I don't care where that judgment is coming from. Also, enable yourself to be that change agent to bring forth the change that is needed or to direct others to the place of change right if we are going to judge I, I wish judge came judgments came judgments or opinions came as a toll you know you you have to pay a fee you got to be taxed in order to to you know um, to 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 submit your judgment right? And with that, the tax is, you know, to the level of which you judge, uh, you also use that same measure to invoke change. And so, again, I hope (laughs) what I'm trying to say (laughs) came out the right way. But y'all know what I mean. You know, don't just come with a judgment. Add some value to it. Um, All right. So I I, I pulled up this scripture here in Genesis Genesis uh, 19 and 9 uh, around let's see, I think it was around those who wanted they were they were unauthorized to to rule or to judge and they didn't have authority but they were going to usurp uh, the authority of, of uh, Sodom I mean I'm sorry of uh, Lot they were going to usurp his authority with some of his guests so let's see some examples of where you don't have the right so, so going to the uh, King James Version the word of God says in Genesis 19 and 9 and they said stand back and they said again this one fellow came in to sojourn and he and, will, and he will need <laughs> see <laughs> this King James Version gets me um, uh, trumped up sometimes just because of the wording and sometimes when I hear some very powerful powerful speakers and I I, I hear that they allow other people to read the scripture I know why <laughs> Alright, so anyway, it says, and they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came to sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than will them? And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. Amen. So so they were in a in a position where uh they were trying to judge them but let me get this out of the NIV because I think it's a, a better way uh to say this all right so it says uh get out of the way they replied this fellow came here as a foreigner and now he wants to play the judge we'll treat you worse than now <laughs> they kept bringing pressure on Lot and move forward to break down the door. So in other words, they said, wait a minute, who, who, who do you think you are? He, he a foreigner. He came here and now he want to play the judge. Uh-uh, he is out of place. He is out of order. He cannot judge. And and even though they were wrong, if you all want to get into chapter 19 of Genesis, they were completely wrong trying to get these men, y'all know what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. They were trying to, you know, get to these angels because they wanted to have their way with them. And I get frustrated whenever I read the scripture because I always want to understand why in the world did Lot try to offer up his daughters uh, for for some angels or men, whatever that he didn't even know. Uh, but anyway, that's the conversation I'm gonna have to have with Lot one of these days. But in, but but you understand what I mean. So let's go to Exodus 2 and 14 2 and 14 Let's see what the word got Alright, I'm going to stick with the King James version. <laughs> and I put KK. Alright Let's see all right, so the word of God says, and he said, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intended thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses uh, feared and said, surely this thing is known. So they asking Moses, who <laughs> who are you? Who made you the prince? Who made you the judge over us? And a lot of times when we are... Uh, we are out of place and inappropriate in our judging. People know that. I I think that there's an air and an arrogance and an entitlement in the body of Christ. And, and and let me say this. I say it in love because I love our people. And the body of Christ is where I've spent most of my uh Uh, maybe teenage to adult life, you know, so I know the most about it. But a lot of times we get titles and we get uh, positions in the church and we want to carry that out to the world. So we go out in the streets and think that people are going to give us the same level of respect as, you know, let's say we get in in the church and we overstep the boundaries of our authority because you're, you know, you're not in the right domain. You're you're outside of, you know, your your um, parameters of governance, right? Even even when we get on these jobs. You know, sometimes, you know, and especially, oh Lord, let's not get some, uh, uh, what did they have a few years back? They used to call them the chief, apostle, chief prophet, chief, all of these things and we get big headed and all these egos and we go in the workplace and can't get along with nobody because we feel like people need to bow down to us but that wasn't the purpose of what I'm saying, I just wanted to leverage that scripture to give you, you know an example, All right, and then let's go to Luke real quick and then I got some other ones I wanna go through uh, so we can we can talk about it. This is this is good for me. So I I hope that it's encouraging uh, to you all. But we got to get this thing right. We got to get it right. And know that we have a responsibility to judge, but there's gonna be some times where we ain't got no business judging because it ain't our place. All right. So let's look at the Word of God in Luke chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? Amen? So where where is my authority? Who made me the judge or divider over you? And that one I think, because I, when I was reading this, I went to the message Bible, and I think I like what it said in there. Alright, so let's see. <laughs> yes, alright. So, this one, I actually what did, what did it give me? It went to all oh, I don't think that it it wants to read. All right. Okay. All right. So... Oh, this is good. This is good. All right. I'm going to read this real quick. Okay. Because I like what the word of God says here. And I think that it's important. All right. So it says in Luke chapter 12. And so right now I'm going to read one through 12 and I might go into the next set. I may even just read the whole thing just to be honest because y'all need to hear it. So just take a few minutes to listen. All right. So the word of God says by this time, the crowd, um, well unwieldy, um, wealthy, and stepping on each other's toes, numbered into the thousands. But Jesus' primary concern was his disciples. He said to them, Watch yourselves carefully so you don't get to contaminated with Pharisee yeast, Pharisee phoniness. You can't keep your true self hidden forever. Before long, you'll be exposed. You can't hide behind a religious mask forever. Sooner or later, the mask will slip off your true face and will be known. You can't whisper one thing in private and preach the opposite in public. The day's coming when those whispers will be repeated all over town. Alright, 4 and 5 says, I'm speaking to you as a As dear friends, don't be bluffed into silence or insincerity by the threats of religious bullies. True, they can kill you, but then what can they do? There's nothing they can do to your soul, your core being. Save your fear for God, who holds your entire life, body, and soul in his hands. What's the price of two or three pet canaries? Some loose change, some loose change, right? But God never overlooks a single one and he p- pays even greater attention to you. Down to the last detail, even numbering the hairs on your head. You so don't be intimidated by all this bully talk. You're worth more than a million canaries. 8 and 9 says, Stand up for me among the people you meet, and the Son of Man will stand up for you before all God's angels. But if you pretend you don't know me, do do you think I'll defend you before God's angels? Verse 10, If you badmouth the Son of Man out of misunderstanding or ignorance, that can be overlooked. But if you're knowingly attacking God himself, Taking aim at the Holy Spirit, that won't be overlooked. So this is the scripture that I wanted to bring us to, but I wanted to read uh, the message version and and, and to have that context is is, uh, necessary. So here's the scripture that I wanted to get us to is when they drag you into their meeting places or into police courts or before judges, don't worry about defending yourself what you'll say, or how you'll say it, the right words will be there. The Holy Spirit will give you the right words when the time comes. So when you are under judgment, when you are uh, being judged, God will be there with you. When people are, are misusing and abusing their authority and when they are um, judging you, Then the Holy Spirit will give you what you need. And furthermore, the word of God shows us in uh, Luke and chapter 12 that Jesus has the right to judge. He has the right to judge us in his earthly ministry. He did judge. Amen. All right. So I hope y'all enjoyed that scripture uh, reading it because I did. Let's see. Where was I going? All right. So we talked about who who. Uh, what did I just say? Who was not? Who does not? Who did not have the right uh, or authorization to judge? And then, uh, you know, areas where we shouldn't judge. You know, we shouldn't judge as believers. We should really judge where. Uh, where believers are in their walk, in in the sense of condemning them, you know, because you've overcome something. A lot of times with me, it's hard for me to relate to, um, substance abuse or alcoholism because i've never struggled with that at a very early age my dad used to drill into me stay away from that stuff stay away from that stuff and i love my father so much that i literally used to study him i used to study uh his behavior and his actions uh as because he was a he was addicted to drugs, and I used to always make a promise to myself that I would never, ever, ever even use drugs. So sometimes it's hard for me to understand even a desire to pick up a drink and, and to drink because I kind of have a chemical <laughs> imbalance. I, I say that, but I've never been diagnosed, but I just, I have a reaction to drinks that I can't drink, but I don't, judge people or or snub people or look down on people who struggle in those areas. I'm just grateful to God that I've never had to be challenged with that. But I still like it's it's a disconnect. Like I to this day I I, I even think to myself like how do you drink something that stinks you know stuff that just tastes bad you know or even you know nowadays these kids be smoking that uh, marijuana and they got those little uh, pens I call them epi pens just to annoy my kids but I know that they're you know little little um, hookah little things that they suck the smoke through or whatever but I can't relate to putting something that smells like manure up to my mouth. I, I, I don't need to eat chicken, But, um, but you know, I don't judge. You know, I don't condemn people. And, and we're not supposed to. We're not supposed to. And, you know, where we talked about earlier the responsibility that we have to judge the conduct of others that doesn't mean you know being a busybody and going and judging stuff that doesn't have anything to do with you. You know, you may know that you know and this this was an issue with me, you know, as a as a young mother. I was a teenage mom, you know, and while my mother was a brilliant mother <laughs> as we were growing up, I mean she was phenomenal. You know, when it came to, you know, running the house and keeping the house and, you know, things like that. But I, I just, I never was a great uh, domestic in a sense that I knew how to, you know, just keep my house up, you know. And as a young mother, I mean, it took me a long time. Uh, to get to a place where, I mean, I I would tell people, you know, you welcome to come over, but I'm not, I'm not about to change, <laughs> you know, but, but I knew people would talk about me and talk about my house, you know, and that kind of stuff didn't bother me, you know, because I, I just, I never really paid attention to how people felt about me that weren't contributing to, you know, me, my change, but anyway, stuff like that, you know, like judging. Oh, you know, sister so and so got these kids, and you know, bringing them to church, and they look like this, or you know, bringing them out the house, and they look like that. You know, labeling people, you know, and and um, I was talking to one of my sisters. And um, and I I always say sisters, so y'all don't know if I'm talking about my my blood sisters, my my uh, spiritual sisters, or my sister in laws or sister in loves. But uh, I was talking to one of my sisters, and she was she was just describing how you know she's hard to love. You know, it's not easy for people to love me. And so I heard other people referencing her like that, and I'm like, yeah actually, you know, that's not how we're supposed to judge. We're not supposed to judge like that. You know, we all have different personalities. We all have our quirks. We all have our different, you know, experiences in life. And to put labels on people and to, you know, judge them in that way is not what God um, intended. Okay? And so, here's another one. Judging Uh, the conduct of other people's children and other households. Um, And this one, this one burns me a lot, but sometimes I could be guilty of it because I have certain set values and standards and structures that I raise my children in, and I know and understand that these are the guidelines for how we live our lives. And we're different, you know, than a lot of people. But to be from the outside looking in, you may have one perception that is not really, you know, like our reality. But sometimes as Christians, especially, we judge other people's children. You know, even when we see them, we may see them in church, you know, and just, oh, you know, that, that, you know, Stephen, you know, he's something else, you know, this and that, because, you know, of, of whatever it is that you may have heard. But we're not supposed to judge in that sense especially if you don't have a direct one on one account of who Stephen is you know we are to love and and to accept and to again like I said where we want to judge you know to to aid or assist you know and, and start helping so as Christians we're not supposed to judge and then here's another area of judgment that I feel like we do collectively we do it as individuals and that's judging other groups of Christians Um, I I enjoy fellowshipping with my local body of Christ, I do Um, when I moved to Cincinnati uh, over 20 years ago I started going to this church and eventually I joined it and to me it was it was probably the closest representation of my church experience in Detroit and so i kind of stuck with them over the years but there are other churches and other types of churches that you know we engage with like for instance you know there are churches that are focused on works you know, churches that are, this, it's all about the works. It's all about getting out into the community and extending the love of God by the way that we serve others. You know, and then there are some churches that is more about building, you know, from from the inside, uh, building the church, building the people up, empowering them, you know, and, and things like that. But to judge, to look at one approach versus the other and to find fault or favor, you know, it's it's just, it's really a matter of preference. And so long as the church is following the guidelines of biblical principles, we ought not be seated in a place to judge or condemn. Okay? Alright? So, I think, let's see, what else did I want to talk about around judging oh yeah, so this is a good one this is a good one so as Christians while we talked about where we should judge when, how, you know, and whom there are times that we may have a point in time where we may have to judge a situation harshly but we have to know and understand we are not the final judge we are not The final judge of any situation, any circumstance, and especially of any individual. There are times that we may, um, you know, let's just bring it into practical application. You know, I may have to judge a, a toxic, toxic situation where I may have to begin to distance myself from an individual because I realize that that person is toxic and that their toxicity is spewing over into, you know, the foundation of other things. So I have to separate myself. But if that person was to repent and to turn, I cannot stick to or hold to something that God is not sticking to himself. So we have to realize that we don't have the final say. So let's get back into the word of God. Oh, and that's good. And and also, you know, not just with others, we don't have the, the final say, you know, on judgment for Uh, people's character and you know behaviors and things like that and we don't have a final say in ours you know we we know all about ourselves we know what we've done you know in our past and we know the things that we have done but we can't condemn ourselves to you know final judgment because we haven't breathed our last breath so that's up to God. All right. I wanted to get into this word. And I don't know if I already read this one to you guys, but um, all right. First Corinthians chapter four, verses one through five. And in the King James version, it says, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the ministries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me, it it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or judged or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not of my own self, for I know nothing of myself, yet I am not hereby justified. But he that justifieth me is the Lord. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring the light, bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of God. Amen. So God has the final sight. God has the final sight for judgment of others. So again, just to recap, we know that we're responsible to judge ourselves, our conduct, our relationships, our submission to authority, those who we have rule over, individuals uh, that we share responsibility over in our lives and authority over their lives. We have responsibility of judging. And in moving forward from this day forward, we're going to make sure that we judge with a purpose. We're going to judge with a purpose. We're not just going to put our judgments out there. We're going to judge and we're going to help to invoke change. We're going to judge right, righteously. We're going to judge based on facts. Now, all of this hearsay stuff and all of this gossip, we're going to talk about gossip one day because y'all need to cut that mess out. But we are not going to judge on that anymore. We're going to judge on the facts. That helps us to be better critical thinkers. Use the facts to make judgment, all right? When we judge... We want to make sure that those who are being accused are able to face their accusers, not in a domineering way, not in an intimidating way, but in a way that they're able to at least face those who accuse them, all right? We will judge with at least two witnesses that agree. When we come to judgment, don't rely on your own judgment all the time. Get at least two witnesses. Someone that is of diverse opinion than you. Someone that is mature, though, but of, of, a, of diverse opinion. And also, as we judge, we're going to hold people accountable for the testimony that they give. Hold them accountable. Um, when, <laughs> I'm just thinking about... Uh, the feedback, again, that I gave to the, uh, the new director of the PMO. And um, when I gave her my feedback... She invited me to have an informal conversation about some of the feedback that I gave. And I kind of looked at the, you know, the invite list and the participants that she invited to engage in this discussion. And my initial thought was, "Uh, uh, no, no, no. I don't even want to be bothered with it because I don't have time to have people discount you know, um, the things that I feel would, would help, you know, the team to improve. But I believe that, uh, I owe it to them to, to be able to be accountable for the testimony or the feedback, uh, that I gave in my judgment and my judgment. So I have to be accountable for that. All right. So make sure that as we judge, that we keep in mind uh, these things. And also, when we're not authorized to judge, we are classified with the likes of murderers, thieves, evildoers, lawbreakers, and those who usurp the authority of God. And these are going to be the last two scriptures that I read or the last scriptures. I think it's it may be three. All right, 1 Peter 4 and 15 and I'm going to go back to my message. All right, go back to my message Bible. And let's see what we have here. <laughs> All right. So it takes us through 19. So I'm just gonna read it all. It says, if you're abused because of Christ, count yourself fortunate. It's the Spirit of God and his glory in you that brought you to the notice of others. If you're on if they're on you because you broke the law or disturbed the peace, that's a different matter. But if it's because you're a Christian Don't give it a second thought. Be proud of the distinguished status reflected in that name. It's judgment time for God's own family. I want you all to hear this again. Chapter 17. It is judgment time for God's own family. We're first in line. If it starts with us, think what it's going to be like for those who refuse God's message. If good people barely make it. What's in store for the bad? So if you find life difficult because you're doing what God said, take it and strive. Trust him. He knows what he's doing and he'll keep on doing it. All right. Let's see. Let's go to 14, uh, James 4 and 11. All right. And I'm going to look this I like what the message is giving us I, I feel like it's much more than what I intended what did I say okay James right, and I said I want to do this in a message we almost there y'all I've been wanting to talk about this for a while man I've been wanting to talk about this for a while all right. oh okay okay all right so james 4 11 through 12 it says don't badmouth each other friends is god's word his message his royal rule that takes a beating and that kind of talk you're supposed to be honoring the message not writing graffiti all over it god is in charge of deciding human destiny who do you think you are to meddle in the destiny of others? And again, I know I went over this scripture before, but I can't remember why I wrote it down again uh, in my notes, but it's good that we read it again uh, because it is notable and it is something that we need to uh, talk through. All right. So as we end this uh, podcast, I just want to, you know, I just want to pray with you all. And we know that we are the righteousness of Christ. We know that we have a responsibility and an accountability uh, to judge and to pray and to be in the will of God and my prayer today for you is that you seek repentance, that you seek God for wisdom that you seek God for understanding and you take your rightful place and insert yourself in the area that you need to as a judge, as a leader of the body of Christ amen, that you will take on your rightful place, that you will be that iron that sharpens iron that you'll no longer question your ability your responsibility or your authority to judge because we learn where do we have authority to judge and also to be careful to be careful um, that we don't um, move into a, a controlling space because that was the issue with Jezebel that was that was her problem she had a husband who was not uh, he was the king, but he didn't take his rightful place. He didn't lead. So then she wanted to usurp his power and his authority, and she took on illegal reign. Illegal reign. And that's what opened up the door for Baal to take full control. So she became controlling. She became an agent for the enemy because she was walking outside of her authority to rule. Walking outside of her authority to judge. And we have to be very, very careful. Uh, Jezebel oftentimes simulates Uh, the manifestation of leadership. So that's what she said. She imitates it. She can't emulate it because in order to emulate something, there has to be a source of truth there. She had no rights. There was nothing. She just, she just, she plugged and played. It was, it was a plug and play. It wasn't something that was attached uh, to her, which is why, you know, she became so evil so quickly. Um, So we have to be very, very careful. And I want to talk about Jezebel, uh, what God had revealed to me years ago in study. And I'll do a a study on that. I just need to get, uh, really just get into the study and, and bring it to you guys. But we have to be careful. There are things that we have natural rule, natural authority over, and we must walk in authority. You know, you at times, you, you may have to be assertive. You know, you may have to be stern. You may have to be consistent. Uh, but make sure that when you're doing those things under the direction, that when you're doing those things that it is under the direction of the Holy Spirit that you are authorized to do so, amen alright, so I want you all to let me know what you think about this broadcast I will be bringing many more alright, love you all have a great evening, bye bye